welcome to the Hear It podcast. I'm your host Rebecca Roberts and each week we're going to be speaking to different guests about their take on how to engage a youth audience. I really hope you like it. Hi, welcome along to episode two. This week we're speaking to Mara Sylvester from One Young World. Now they're a global charity that do a lot of work to engage young people and give them a voice. So I was really keen to get her take on how they work with young people around the world and get the best from them. Here's what she had to say. So hi Mara, thank you so much for coming on the Hear It podcast today. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you landed at One Young World. Hi Rebecca, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, so my name is Mara. I'm originally from Canada, uh, where I studied um, communications and international relations in my undergrad. Always knew I wanted to combine the two. So my first project after graduating was to go abroad to Malawi, um, a small country in southeastern Africa, to work as a, a human rights-based journalist there. Um, and that's where I really got embedded in journalism as a stream of communication, but knew that I wanted to do more. So um, after pursuing a few different positions, both like in-house at different agencies, at different NGOs, I actually decided to do my master's. So I came to London, did my master's at the LSC in media communication and development. And uh, that's where I learned more about One Young World and landed there. I was in search of a fulfilling role that had social impact. And um, just finishing my master's, I was keen to be embedded in work that had scale and was creating change. So uh, lucky for me, One Young World was hiring and I came into the role as uh, the first person really dedicated to social media at One Young World. And so that was five years ago and I've had a number of different roles between then and now. But now my role at One Young World is as the director of the digital communications team. Um, we have a great team that we're growing just because of how important digital communications is, both for this day and age, but for that line of work. And so it's really cool to just look back and kind of see the evolution. So One Young World is all about connecting and promoting young leaders and giving them a platform. So how do you approach that through your digital channels? Yeah, definitely. I'd say that um, in one word, One Young World's mission boils down to to leadership. And so I think that they were born of the idea that there was a leadership vacuum that needed to be filled and young people were best placed to fill it. So there's loads of ways that we kind of work towards our mission while working with young people. And I think now um, in the time of on and off lockdowns, there's so much more that we're doing that's gone digital. So for example, um, we've started two new series over the past few months, which are purely um, recorded online and published online. Um, And those are called Together Apart and Table Talks. And both of them are formats to kind of first connect um, young people online so that they can have like fruitful discussions together, but also to to dig deeper into the most challenging issues of our time. So Table Talks really uh, was born after, you know, the Black Lives Matter protests really started kicking off in the US. And we really wanted to dedicate our global community's discussion and focus it in that way. So we we create discussion and these opportunities for them, but we also have different digital online events for our communities in different regions. Um, We have weekly spotlights on young people and their work, kind of just shining a light on what they're doing and how we can use our platform to amplify that. But I think the biggest thing that goes, I mean, like a a thread that goes through everything is is storytelling and just telling the stories of young people, I think, is is one of the ways that we promote them and use our platform best. And a big part, I mean, I've been to one of the One Young World events. Obviously, we worked together on Helping at Helping campaign launch. A key thing that you do that I was really impressed with is empowering and helping people almost discover and use their voice like how do you go about helping people do that yeah definitely I think so I think there's so much strength in the one young world community and it's 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 a global community so I think that so many of these young people have a voice but um, meeting like-minded people and being able to talk and challenge ideas off like-minded me- 
people helps them develop their voice naturally. So that's what we just intend to amplify. We gather these young people and amplify their their voices, their work in different scales. But I think what we do is just a reflection of what's happening online. And I think one thing that we've never understated is just how important reflecting what's happening offline online is. A lot of organizations currently are wanting to do more, they recognise, particularly with the pandemic, it's impacting young people and they want to engage with young people, but it can be seen as a little bit token. Like, How do you think organisations can be better at sort of genuinely engaging young people? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And I think it stems kind of from truly seeing the value in young people. To move away from tokenism that you mentioned, I think that we have to kind of dismantle the idea that only generations are worthy of a voice because that's simply not true. Like we've seen the impact that young people have and, and we even record that impact and are able to put a number to it. And so we know that when Millennials are dedicated to a cause, businesses can align and organizations can align themselves with that cause and kind of make their connection more genuine in that way. So I think that's one thing is just really assessing, aligning your brand with the cause that millennials are aligned with. Um, And just to kind of be where the millennials are, if you genuinely want to attract a millennial audience, going to them is the first step rather than having them necessarily come to you. Because I think that there's so many places where millennials are and their ideas are thriving and we can do more to, to optimize that and be there. But also just to kind of to, to move away again from the tokenism that you mentioned is just recognize that if we want these genuine connections, we have to change with the millennial culture and that millennial culture is constantly evolving. And so new platforms and features are constantly coming out and we can't be afraid to use them. That's a really good point. I think also when you ask for young people to come forward and be involved, that group is self-selecting. So actually, if you want to engage a diverse community, you have to go and seek that rather than waiting and hoping you get a diverse group coming to you how conscious are you of making sure you're getting to that diverse group yeah super conscious like we put we put in efforts to kind of look at all of the different um, intersectionality that we have within our community so for example when we're looking at black lives matter we're not just looking at uplifting black voices we're looking at uplifting black lgbt voices or black indigenous voices or or whatever it may be because the reality is that pe- people are are not just one thing people are are so complex and and we should be reflecting that as well how have things changed in lockdown have you noticed a lot of your ambassadors needing additional support or any particular issues coming up we have two new series that came out of lockdown and the reason for that was because we're so used to keeping our community engaged online and offline and if we had we had to pivot to fully online and so at the time um, we began this series together apart by reflecting the realities of lockdown so looking at how business was affected by lockdown looking at how the airline industry was affected at how misinformation and news was spreading and so we had people speaking on those topics in the beginning we could do really long-form interviews people we had people engaged I think that was the, the biggest difference was that the amount of time people were spending watching our content was getting longer and longer because there weren't these external extractions. Um, everyone was plugged in. But as soon as lockdown continued for too long, we kind of saw that in order to keep that engagement up, we realized that we had to not just talk about lockdown anymore, not just talk about COVID anymore, but rather um, some more uplifting things. People wanted to see hope. And we were lucky that so many young people were acting in the time of COVID to create change. So we started reflecting those stories. And I think that sort of led people to see 
see life beyond COVID and that was more inspiring. Um, and so we really shifted our content from kind of being just COVID related to opening it up to everything you can imagine. So we had recent episodes, for example, with with Lewis Hamilton, who was talking on being uh, Formula One's only black driver. And that was really inspiring for people because he was actually doing something about it. He was creating change. And so our content continues to kind of move in that direction of being more good news um, focused and inspirational. How do you check and challenge your own channels? Yeah, that's so important. I mean, when I look at, at One Young World's team, we're a team of around 35 people, all 35 and below. So we're like a really young and dynamic team, which I think allows us to be like best place to speak to young people because it's a shared experience. But so much of our work is also intergenerational. Like there are lessons that get passed down through generations. And I think the most successful content we've created has been not only intergenerational stuff, but stuff that reflects idea sharing. It's it's older generations who are willing to learn from younger generations and younger generations willing to do the same. And I think that unless unless we have all age groups working together towards a common goal, then we're kind of going to be struggling to to have this diversity in the way forward. Um, and so I think that's been the biggest thing for us is just how to actively engage different groups of people across different sectors, but in a way that interests and excites everybody. I think that like if we're looking at our audience, yes, our audience is mostly young people, but we have such deepened engagement from older generations as well. And those older generations are the change makers. Um, and so it's really cool to be able to, in some ways, be validated by those people and, and have the young people kind of know that they're behind them in that way. So as with every guest, I asked Mara who she thinks is a really good job in terms of engaging children or young people and also where she turns for inspiration when it comes to marketing and comms. Yeah, so I think in terms of in terms of accounts that I follow, I think Startup Grind's a really good one just because it has that sort of entrepreneurial culture behind it that so many young people are behind. In terms of a campaign, I've been following Mission 1.5, which is the UNDP's campaign on climate change. And I think what they did was totally revolutionary in terms of gamifying climate change and gamifying talking to lawmakers because it actually made it something young people wanted to do. And then I think something that I use a lot to, to stay up to date on trends and just um, make sure that I'm in the know about marketing and comms is um, following different newsletters. And my favorite one is HubSpot's newsletter. They, they have a daily marketing blog with just different updates that comes out. And I find that super useful. So I couldn't let Mara go without asking her about what she felt were the best ways to engage young people wanting to do something towards a cause to actually being empowered to do something. Like how do you convert that interest and online activism to finding a voice and actually changing something? The young activists weren't sitting in the different foyers of different lawmakers. They were they were sitting online, they were playing games, they were on social channels. So UN kind of made it easy for them to get their points across, to get their message across. Um, but beyond that, I think it's also just about kind of empowering young people in the places where they already exist. Like One Young World took um, a huge chance recently. We, we launched a fund called the COVID Young Leaders Fund um, because we knew that young people were acting on the front lines of COVID, but that wasn't being spotlight. That wasn't being necessarily supported in the way that it could and should have been. So we launched this fund and we had a huge success. And we had donations from United Way and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and the Zurich Foundation, who all believed that young people were doing things. And, and we were able to transfer these funds to 15 different young people who were able to scale their projects and help hundreds of uh, and thousands of young people uh, in their communities. And that was just because we empowered them, we believed in them, and we, we got our message across that 
you know, online, what, what was happening offline was, was, could be helped by using different online means and catalyzing and mobilizing a community online to help make that happen. So that's it. Episode two is done. Another one in the bag. I hope you found that useful. Next up, we're still on the same topic, but we're going to be speaking to Dave Musson from the Access Platform. Now, they're all about working with young people to engage other young people. And I think it's definitely one worth checking out.